Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Loners League podcast. This is your host, Wolfman27, and the first week of playoffs is finally in the books after we had to go all the way into Tuesday night to get some of the final scores. So the semifinals will include matchups of myself versus Adam Jeffrey and Fonette versus No Sleep Tonight. All of us newcomers to the semifinals other than, of course, Fonette himself who made it to the championship in year one. So you've got a lot to talk about today, but before we do that, I do want to share the final power rankings of the season brought to us by our worst manager of the week in week 14, which was No Sleep Tonight. And here we go. Rankings. We're past our trade deadline and finally done with bye weeks, so rosters are finalized for the most part. As such, I think it is fitting that this week's power rankings are determined by your most powerful player for the rest of the season with the following caveats. 1. This is based on total fantasy points through week 14. 2. No quarterbacks were considered, otherwise only quarterbacks would make the rankings. Additionally, QBs are a common streaming option that might not remain as starters. 3. Given the objective of identifying your most powerful player rest of season, a player with the IR designation cannot be relied upon and therefore will not be considered. I established these constraints before digging into stats, but for those wondering, I don't think IR players would have affected anything. Best I can tell, Derrick Henry would be the most likely candidate and he no longer has the top spot on Fisher's team. Perhaps worth noting that he is still the 16th highest scoring running back, wide receiver, or tight end player even though he only played seven and a half games, and we've played nearly that many weeks since his injury. Just a reminder of how wild that is. Last thing, I apologize to Wolfman for having to read this, particularly the end. Number 12, Jambrosa. High-scoring player, Javante Williams at running back, uh, earning 153 points on the season. To start, our last place team captures the lowest spot thanks to Javante Williams, Denver's running back. No insult meant, but I feel it has to be noted that only 10 points separate Williams from the Patriots' defense. Number 11, J.M. Pincus with Mark Andrews and 170 points. It's been a rough season for many of us, and J.M. Pincus is no exception, as he has found himself holding valuable pieces missing games. As a result, he's the second lowest ranked team owner with Mark Andrews stepping up as his chosen champion. Perhaps chosen by default, but we'll see if he can turn it around in week 16 after his first round by in the toilet bowl bracket. Ouch. Go on, Camara, rescue this man from the sewers. Number 10, JDGG with Ezekiel Elliott and 184 points. After the draft, if you had told me Zeke would be this far down the list, I would have asked when he got hurt. Surprisingly, he hasn't missed any games, and after JDGG just smashed my team by 40 plus points, I still don't buy it. The sleeper app is wrong, not my rankings. JDGG is near the bottom of the list, he's in the playoffs, and yep, I'm not looking forward to a rematch this week. Spoiler alert, no sleep wins. Number 9, Aaron T4 with James Conner 
and 207 points. Aaron T. Four is next on the list with James Conner absolutely torching it the second half of the season. Without any news to the contrary, Connor looks like he's going to help Aaron T. Four set some more records as he just posted the league's 8th highest all-time weekly high score. Interesting side note, that is by far the latest game of the season to make the chart. Number 8. Wolfman 27 with Devontae Adams and 207 points. It always makes me happy to see people I like that love each other, and Adams' love has shown through this season. While he was certainly no slouch pre-trade, Wolfman really seems to have given him the love and support he needs to bounce back to his elite status. With some of his top performances in recent weeks and one missed game in Week 8, this power couple might be underrated and worth pulling out all the stops against them if you find them in the playoffs. Number 7, J Mardo 5 with Leonard Fournette at 211 points. Speaking of rematches and facing off against Wolfman, ya boy J-Mart better strap himself in like it's 2019 because the resurrection of Leonard Fournette's career may be the difference maker. With a star-studded lineup, J-Mart is a shot to overcome the 30-plus point whooping Wolfman just laid down on him, but it's still shaping up to be a pretty tight race. Number 6, Adam Jeffrey with Debo Samuel and 217 points. How strange that our points four leader, Adam Jeffrey 86, finds himself barely in the top half of these rankings. Th does this mean it's better to have an army of trained soldiers rather than a single elite champion? No. Debo is his champion, and if you go look at his roster, he has a couple others on there too. Like some kind of fantasy football dragon hoarding talent instead of gold. Our only hope is that some of these injury and COVID tags remain in two weeks after his first round bye. The rich get richer, folks. Number 5, Koi's 302 with Justin Jefferson and 220 points. We all know Koi's 302 has been playing with a self-imposed handicap, but at least he didn't make playoffs and have a chance at winning back-to-back -back while handicapped. Shudders. And it wasn't a waste of a season because he's made it out with Justin Jefferson. Yeah, did you forget about him? Justin Jefferson is the top 5 most valuable player and he's a ninth round keeper. Let's all hope Koi's finds his way to the bottom. Say it with me, first to worst. First to worst. Number four, no sleep tonight with Joe Mixon and 220 points. As a palate cleanser, let's take a moment and travel back in time. Back to our post-draft rankings when my league mates colluded to slander the name of Mixon and Swift with complaints about depth. Yet here I am, standing on the shoulders of a giant. I want you to imagine this. As Mixon lifts me to great heights, the rest of you are left looking up my kilt. Let that image haunt you. Mixon grabs the number four spot, and the rest of the league gets no sleep tonight. Blom, blom, blom. Number three, Sibley the best with Austin Eckler and 248 points. Pretty sure Austin Eckler will be perma-tagged as questionable for the rest of the season, but he hasn't missed a game yet. Sibley takes the number three spot, and will likely deal with all opponents in the consolation bra bracket with swift brutality. Number two, Fisher Sports with Cooper Cup and 279 points. With old reliable Cooper Cup carrying him faithfully, Fisher Sports takes the number two spot. For a guy who has owned more injured players than he has roster spots, his only shelter has been the tender embrace of Cooper Cup cradling him after each kick to the nuts. Earmuffs Fisher because this is going to hurt. Guys, he literally barely missed the playoffs because of that week 14 chaos despite posting his highest score of the season in last week's narrowest loss. I don't want to believe that this could happen to just any of us. It has to be the trades, right? Right? Number one is Phonet with Jonathan Taylor and 290 points. 
No surprise here. If you weren't expecting Jonathan Taylor to carry Fonette to the top spot, you must have been hoping he scored negative points during his bye week. Another painful part of this ranking is that I now know Fonette has three of the top 12 scorers in our league. I'm going to eat my feelings now. My only consolation is hoping that he accidentally imagined looking up my kilt. It's pale and hairy, Fonette. Real hairy. Thank you, No Sleep Tonight. Great to know that you are constantly wearing a kilt and have burned that image into our minds for all eternity. Now that that's covered, we're going to bring on special guest J-Mart to talk about our past two weeks matchups between ourselves and uh, take a look at the playoff picture going forward. And with me now is J-Mart05. Thank you for being able to join me on this holiday week and being able to make time work. I just want to make sure we got you on the podcast before it was all over. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you. For, thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's a pleasure to to be on the podcast. Well, it was the least I could do for you after how I treated you the past two weeks. I mean, I feel like we need to, I know I didn't really, when I sent you the outline, said we'd talk about this a little bit later, but I feel like we have to address the elephant in the room that everyone's expecting us to talk about, which is uh, the back-to-back matches that you and I had. Yes. So um, I do want to say, because we went into the season and you did kind of self-proclaim me as your rival since we're in multiple leagues together. And um, just to set the record straight for this league, you actually went 0-3 against me this year. I got the full sweep. You did. That was true. I was, I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, I didn't get a full, I didn't even get a win versus <laughs> Wolfman this year. Yeah, pretty one-sided rivalry. You're like the the Bears to my Packers or um, you know, any of the NFC East teams to the Cowboys. Yes, yeah, probably Washington. Well, yeah, we can go with Washington because I don't even know like five players on that team. Okay, that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but so yeah, you had quite the the wild run here. Obviously, I also did the math here. Um, because you were reluctant. You picked up David Johnson this week for a playoff match and ended up flexing him in um, and benching Hunter Henry, who we all know had a great night. I don't know if you did the math, but the point differential, if everything else stayed the same and you played Hunter Henry over David Johnson, you would have beaten me by 0.36. Wow. I didn't think it was that close. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was because I was doing the mental math and I was like, wait, let me make sure that I have the exact score right and like run the numbers. But that's just how close this came. Not to mention Godwin and Fournette going down by injury because they would have for sure gotten more points for you had they stayed in. Sure. Yeah. Like now I'm thinking it's like I wish someone else would have claimed more for David Johnson and and now hoping that I that I uh would have rather started Hunter Henry instead. You know, I know I mentioned in the pod during uh, the week, I was like, after the game, I was like, hopefully Hunter Henry doesn't uh, come back to bite me. Yeah. And you know what the funny thing is, is that I also didn't have any kind of respect towards Hunter Henry. I was like, oh, good. He's got Henry in the flex. That shouldn't be too big of a threat. Then you got David Johnson. And I was like, I'm not super worried about David Johnson, but I'm more worried about him than Henry. And turns out uh, I was wrong about that too. (laughs) So uh, I would have made the same wrong decision if I were in your shoes, but I'm sure that doesn't um, help you feel better. I'm not trying to rub it in. I swear. (laughs) (laughs) 
it is what it is. That's the beauty of fantasy. Yeah, you mentioned in chat, you at least were able to be safe um, in a few leagues by uh, securing yourself a bye week after this ridiculous topsy-turvy that week that we just had. I'm hoping that you don't have too many people affected by the COVID outbreak for this upcoming week because that's been an issue for me. Sure, yeah. Uh, one of my leagues, this is like a true super team. I, I still don't even know how I was able to compile it, but I'm looking at it now and like I don't have anybody on the, like anybody at risk of COVID. Uh, my other one, it's like a semi-super team, but I have uh, Austin Eckler. He's sort of up in the air. He went on the COVID list. Uh, Tyreek Hill, he just got on the COVID list. Um, and then Harrison Butker as well. So I'm down like three players as of right now. Yeah, those are a lot of the same names that are affecting me. Um, I don't know how I did this, uh, but I'm in 11 leagues. Like I've stayed multiple times. Out of those 11 leagues, I somehow have made it to nine semifinal matches, which I'm not taking for granted. Last year, I made four championships and lost every single one. So I'm not expecting anything to come of these. And this wave of COVID has been brutal. I've got Kelsey in like three leagues. He's on COVID. I've got Tyreek Hill in two. He's got COVID. Eckler in two. He's got COVID. It just feels like it's never end. Oh, and Brandon Cooks, that affects me in this league too. It's just... When will it stop? I know. It's like, I also have another team uh, that I forgot to mention uh, that I'm also in a semi, uh, but this isn't, this is more of like an average team, but I I'm also down Elijah Mitchell. I'm not sure if it's COVID, but, uh, but I also had Tyreek Hill in that league too. So I'm at risk there. Yeah. Just, it's it's uh, I think it's the knee injury for Elijah Mitchell. It's something every week with that guy. And maybe like when he's active, he's been great, but he's barely ever active. It feels like. Yeah. He'll go like two weeks. Well, he'll have like a, a great run of games or whatever with a lot of points scored. And then the next two or three he's out. So. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's always something different. The guy's just made a glass. So, I mean, I'm just going to have to make a mental note of that for going into next year that I don't draft Elijah Mitchell too, too high because chances are the guy will chip a fingernail and be out for three weeks. Yeah. Same. I'm going to have to do that. I think that league is a dynasty. Luckily, I, I have him in my two other leagues too, but they're redraft too. So, yeah, well, I mean, that's great in Dynasty because you probably got him super cheap. I think he was going like in the fourth or sometimes even the fifth round of rookie drafts, which with the draft we had last year was a bunch of nobodies being drafted around him. Yeah, and luckily in the, the Dynasty League, it's with a bunch of guys who they're new to Sleeper. Uh, and so they didn't really know about the bidding. So I think, I don't know if I can see how much. Yeah, I got him for $5. Oh, wow. That's yeah, nothing. That was, That's a sweet deal. Yeah. You can't complain about his injuries when, uh, when you pretty much got him for free. Yeah. I got a sweet deal there and pretty much the other leagues too. Everyone else, like they don't like to bid money on the players. So it's like, it's nice to be able to bid like $6 to be able to get someone like that. 
Yeah. Speaking of bidding, let's just talk about your bids all season with, with us in the loaners league. Cause it felt like anytime you try to do a lower price, you'd get outbid by a ton. So then you would come in the next week with a huge bid just to have no one else bid on that player. Yeah. It's like, I don't even know what it was like every time. I, I don't even know the players who they were. I think Adam Jeffrey probably got like five of them. And then, uh, and then I think Fisher, he took a few too, but like every single time I would try to bid, you know, I would put in a bid for like $20. I'm like, all right, this is, this seems like a good bid. I don't think anyone would really bid more than that. Here comes Adam Jeffrey or, or Fisher with like a $90 bid. I'm like, like, no way. And then the next week I'll put in like a 30 or $40 bid on someone like not even remember the type of player who it was but like i i put in forty dollars and then i looked the next day thinking all right let's see if i got him yep i was the only one who bid forty dollars <laughs> it's it's so bizarre because i mean i've obviously had the same thing happen to me in the league too like with deonta foreman which i'm actually happy i got him now he's been better than i expected and probably better than the rest of everyone else expected because i overpaid for him by a ton when i got him and at the time i didn't want him but He's been able to help me with all these injuries and COVID things and the Jerry Judy of it all, where he's been useless for me. So pretty happy to have him now. Yeah, that's a nice pickup there. Uh, I'm just trying to look at my roster to see who are the ones that I got. I think I don't even, I probably don't even have those players that I bid like a ton of money for anymore. I probably cut them. Oh, I do remember one of them was um, Sammy Watkins. <laughs> that was one of the players uh, that I bid like $30 for and no one else bid. He's not even on my team anymore. Yeah, because I think he was just out too. I mean, I guess on, on like a silver line of all of it, um, even if you did somehow manage to pull out the win this week, because I'm thinking of this now since I pulled up your lineup, I don't know how much luck you would have had against Adam Jeffrey just because half your team ended up coming out injured with like Fournette and Godwin both being out probably the rest of the fantasy season. Definitely in Godwin's case. Yeah. But um, that was, yeah, that was just a brutal week all around. But um, you can't take anything away from your run and you still got some good keeper pickups. Like you're going to have a tough choice to make here. I'm assuming you're going to stick with your guy, CD Lamb. Unless you're you've had it with him in his drops, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like if he uh, if he drops a few more, I'll probably punish him and say, you know what, I'm not going to pick you again. But uh, <laughs> I hope he can get back to his former self before he had his concussion. Ever since then, he's he's been sort of, uh, I guess, up and down. Like he'll he'll show some flashes throughout the game, but then he'll have like bad drops. You know, like when I say bad, it's like. Prescott will throw it to him and he'll hit his hands, but then he'll just drop it. And like that takes away like another probably 40 to 50 yards. Jeez. Yeah. I wouldn't know. Cause I, I only see a handful of cowboy games, like depending on what time of day they're taking place and everything, obviously you're the one that's going to be watching them all. So you'd know more than I would. I just know I've been super frustrated with how Dak has been doing for me in fantasy for like, I don't know, five of the last six weeks or something ridiculous like that. I think he only was good in that Raiders game and you guys couldn't even win that one. I know. Anthony Brown. 
Yeah, that was the guy with all like the pass interference penalties, right? I think that was the most penalized game in either all of history or in a long time. Yeah, that, I think it was like what twenty eight penalties combined. I think both teams accounted for like fourteen. Uh, and but Dallas took the the heat of it. They were like penalized. I think almost three hundred yards in that game. Yeah, I remember catching the end of it because that was on that was the Thanksgiving game. So I couldn't watch the entire thing, but I would be checking in every now and then and definitely was watching at the end. But uh, it did seem like every time I was watching, there was a flag thrown and it was like uh, Dallas pass interference for 30 yards or something just crazy like that. Yeah, my my brother in law is a Raider fan. So, uh, of course, he was happy after the game, but. Everyone else in my family were Cowboys fans, so we were all we were all sad. So, how did you all decide? I think I've probably already asked you this before, but how did you all decide on the Cowboys? My dad. So, he, I think, I believe at the time uh, when he started watching sports, I believe this was like in the eighties, probably late eighties or something. Um, he liked he liked to watch the Cowboys because of Tom Landry, but he also um, hated everything about San Francisco. So at the time being, like the two rivalry rivals, like the big rivals in the NFL were both, you know, the 49ers and the Cowboys. So he was like, okay, I hate San Francisco, so I'm going to go with the Cowboys. And then he went um, with baseball. He went with the Dodgers because, you know, they're biggest rival, one of the biggest rivals in baseball. Um and I guess he just stuck with the Lakers because of LA and, and the Dodgers, but um, I don't really think he really cared about any rivalries between the Warriors and the Lakers. There wasn't really any back then, that, but I believe that's pretty much how it started with Dallas with him. And then it, it, it just like passed on to the rest of his family, like his sisters, his brothers, they all became Cowboys fans too. And then it just bled down uh, to us. And that's how I became it too. Yeah. And I'm not criticizing you for it. I mean, I don't like the Cowboys, but I have no room to talk since I'm the guy that's a Packers fan that was born in a Bears family. So I get picking the team that you aren't originally from state wise. So yours is, if anything, more respectable because you're following what your family was a fan of. And I just totally rebelled against them. In fact, like, I almost chose a different team back when I started watching sports. Uh, this was back when like I first st- started playing Madden and I played with the Patriots and I just loved them. And uh, I decided to go with Dallas instead um, because I was afraid of my dad uh, and thinking <laughs> it was like, Shoot, what, if, what if I root for another team? Like, what if you'll hate me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's, how, that's how the Dallas Cowboy fan in me was born. So choosing between like two of the most hated teams, <laughs> like the Patriots or the Cowboys, and everyone's like, neither. But um, no, it's Sibley and Jambrosa are shaking their heads that you didn't choose to be on the same path they chose with the Patriots. But I mean, you would have had more Super Bowls if you went that way in your lifetime, at least. I know the Cowboys had their heyday back in the day, but. Yeah, I always so I was born in '97, so I'm so I always said like, man, like I couldn't have been born like a few years earlier, like two years, like couldn't have caught even one of their Super Bowls. (laughs) Like even if I was like one or two, you know, I could still say, hey, I won one in my lifetime, but no. 
Yeah, I mean that that's how it was for me, obviously, before Aaron won his, um, because Favre won one in the 90s for the Packers. And I obviously was too young to be well, like I could have been watching football, but I didn't care about it at the time. Uh, so for a while I had that like, hey, at least they won in my lifetime. But um, it, it was totally different getting to watch it actually happen. And I was happy to have that. And hopefully I can get that again this year before you can ever experience it with your Cowboys. Well, I got to hope. I got to hope I finally experience it this year. But uh, we'll see. Like both teams, you know, they're doing excellent. You know, always with the Packers with Rodgers. You know, I can always – one thing I'll always respect the Packers and Rodgers about, you know, because they'll always have a chance. Um, they'll always have a chance for, you know, to get to the big game, get to the Super Bowl. But – um Hopefully, uh, hopefully soon, someday my team can make it, you know, I'll, I'll allow it because clearly I have power over how all the teams perform. Uh, I'll allow it after Rogers is out of green Bay. Then, then I'll let you guys have your time, but (laughs) for like, however little long we have Rogers left, I want to try and get at least another Super Bowl ring for the Packers because who knows how long it'll be after he's gone. That's understandable. And plus Dallas kind of, they're super young too. So, you know, uh, they might, um, what's the word? Um, I wouldn't say like it's too soon, but like they probably have like better years ahead of them too. Yeah. I mean, your defense, I mean, just last year they were not good. I mean, I don't remember the Cowboys defense being that good, but now they're crazy good and digs it's he's just a rookie right and he's had like what 80 interceptions at this point he's uh in his second year but yeah he has like second. 10 million okay. <laughs> 10 million yeah i was off base on both both accounts <laughs> but yeah he's uh he's been nuts i know sometimes so like um i think it was the patriots game where he had like the pick six and then he got totally beat on the next play where so it was like, well, which is it? Are you getting the good one or the bad one? But it seems to be more good than bad for the guy, at least from what I've caught of him in games. Yeah, like he, when he played in college, he he started out as a wide receiver. Uh, so he's still, even now, you know, of course he's still learning the position, and you know, of course he's going to have like those hiccups, and uh, sometimes whenever he'll allow a big play, um, but he he just keeps getting better each week. Uh, in fact, like I, I saw a picture that he has like 19 pass deflections, which is second among all corners this season. Uh, so, of course, he's getting better. Uh, but it would be nice if Dallas were to add like another like true lockdown corner, because I don't I don't really think Diggs will you know ever really be like a true lockdown corner. I know he has like great uh, ball skills. But, like, if you pair him with another corner, that defense would be lethal. Yeah, I mean, that's how uh, – that's why I've been excited so far with the Packers' defense, which they haven't been as hot as they were earlier in the year. But, I mean, they're ravaged by injuries. But we always – we had uh, Jair Alexander for so long. It, we're like, okay, cool, we have one great corner, and we got Kevin King who's just letting all these huge plays happen. It would be nice if we get another good guy opposite him. Uh, that we got Eric Stokes as a rookie this year who has stepped up and he's been awesome for us and picked up Rasul Douglas off of Arizona's practice squad. And he's been great. So now we've got three great corners 
once Jair comes back, I mean, I'm super excited for that secondary and the special teams is my absolute biggest fear with the Packers right now. Yeah. It's like, I, I follow like a lot of Packers fans. Cause like, I guess, um, cause mostly I follow like Dodgers fans on Twitter. And I noticed once the season was over, all of them like switched their like Twitter accounts to Packers. I was like, Whoa, you know? So like, I just hear, <laughs> I, I, I just hear and see, you know, all the Packers stuff. So I'm, so I know, I know a lot about the team, you know, that, you know, they're talking about Russell Douglas, Eric Stokes, uh, who else they're talking about. I, I do hear them talking about Jair and how he's been injured like the past few weeks. Uh, but yeah. And like, they keep saying, it's like, Oh man, you know, we, we finally have a defense. And then, uh, and then I'll then see like, uh, tweets from them after the Packers would score or something with their special teams. They're like, Oh, you know, <laughs> like, it's like, bro, like the, the special teams is going to be the death of me and all like stuff like that. Yeah. They've been brutal, but the Packers special team has been brutal as long as their defense has been brutal. But now that the defense is good, it's like even more obvious how terrible the special teams is. And I don't know. I, I don't know the first thing about how to make special teams be better. I just hate seeing them take the field. Mason Crosby's been missing field goals and we've been muffing like every punt. It's just been painful to watch. Like everything you don't want to see happen in the game, all those stupid mistakes. Yeah. It's like it's one of the things that like, like it, it irks me, you know, it's like, with I guess with any team, it's like I you know I like to see flashy special teams plays, and then sometimes you know you'll see a flag and it'll get caught back, uh, or you know like what you were saying with the muff puns, missed field goals. It's like, but how do you fix that? You know, of course, you know, I'm not a football coach or anything like that. Of course, they they would the ones who are special team coordinators would probably know how to do it, but you know it's like it's annoying like like whenever your team would do something good after, you know, probably scoring a touchdown or something, forcing a stop or, you know, finally getting into like field goal position or scoring a touchdown and then the kicker misses a PAT and misses a field goal or your special teams allows a touchdown or a huge return, you know, it's like, it's annoying. Yeah. It's, it's always super exciting if you're on the positive side of it, but <laughs> it's the exact opposite feeling. I mean, I don't have to, remind our Seahawks fans in the league about the 2014 NFC championship game where we botched that onside kick and uh, just completely <laughs> lost that game. We could have won it all that year. It was possible. I don't know. It would have been a good game between the Packers and Patriots. And of course, anything to help prevent the Patriots from having won another Super Bowl would have been nice too, but it is what it is. I don't even know what I would have done. Like if I were a Packers fan or if my team were ever in that kind of position and like a special teams blunder like that would happen in an NFC championship game, I'd probably be like, you probably wouldn't hear from me for like months. Oh, I didn't watch the Super Bowl that year. Like I couldn't do it. And I was like, I was so mad at the Seahawks and I already hated the Patriots. I was like, yeah. why? I, this is not going to like be anything positive for me. I'm not, I'm just not watching the Super Bowl this year. And uh, best choice I made because Patriots ended up winning. And that was the same year with the stupid uh, Russell Wilson on the goal line, throwing an interception instead of just handing the ball to Marshawn Lynch. 
still can't believe that to this day. Yeah, and Brady's the MVP for that game because he made that key interception to win the game. Of course. <laughs> you know, you know how it goes. Yeah. But uh, anyway, there was a couple things non-football related I wanted to cover with you. Well, somewhat football related, but uh, like you've shared your art with us in the chat a lot. And uh, recently you had Derek Henry uh, specifically request to have you draw him and you did. And he actually paid you for it and you got to send it out to him. And I just want to hear, I know you already told us in chat, but how awesome and awesome of an experience that was to just have happen to you. Yeah. So this was back like, probably five days before week one and I didn't see the post initially like someone else tagged me in it uh, because you know they know me on Twitter because I draw a lot of the baseball players you know I draw some football players so uh, they tagged me under his tweet he was asking like uh, who are the artists out there you know who have pictures of me or drawings of me you know it's like I want to buy them I want to support it and so I was like okay you know it's like let me just shoot my shot here and uh, I tweeted under it. I replied to him and I said um, something along the lines of like, I, I don't have any pictures of you drawn yet, but if you wanted one, I could go ahead and do it for you. And like, I, I just posted like a lot of the pictures that I already did just to show him like, you know, how it would possibly look. And um, he ended up replying that day said, I want one. And I was like, Oh, cool. And I think I started drawing it like, probably after week six. And so in my mind, I was like, okay, um, I don't know if he's going to see it again or remember. Um, but I, I ended up tweeting it out again, you know, and I tagged him of course, you know, so he could see it. And, um, it was the next day, I believe, uh, he DM me and saying, yo, he's like, yo, bro, how much for the, for the drawing? And then that's when I was like, oh shoot, it's actually going to happen. You know, and then that's whenever I sent uh, the photos of the DMs and the messages in the chat. And um, uh, he asked me how much it was. Uh, I went ahead and I told him, you know, the pricing of what it was. And he ended up giving me like $100 more than what uh, I was asking for it. So that was super cool. Um, you heard it here first. He paid you $100,000 and $100. Just oh, kidding. <laughs> It'd be like one game check, please. I know, like, I, I was talking to my dad. I was like, all right, how much do I charge him? And he was all like, just charge him, you know, the normal, however you charge other ones. And I was like, all right, yeah, cool. So I did that. And, you know, of course, he ended up paying me 100 more. Um, and then he had me send it to his, uh, to the Titans training facility. Uh, I, I asked him if he wanted the tracking. And he was like, yeah, sure, just give it to me. And then that was the last message that he sent me. Um, and, you know, of course, I was monitoring the, the drawing, made sure it got there. And I messaged him and say, hey, uh, let me know if you got it. I haven't heard anything since. So uh, I hope you got it, but I'm pretty sure he has. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be known as the guy that ripped off Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm assuming he got it. Guy's probably busy rehabbing and everything. It's such a shame he got hurt because that's what's so cool about the experience, too, is that. I mean, it's always going to be cool to have a player being willing to like support what like artists and have you be able to draw them and pay for it. But to have like someone like Derrick Henry, who's a superstar in the league and probably would have been an MVP favorite if he was healthy. I mean, that just makes it even cooler. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, like another thing that I forget to like, or like 
it goes, I wouldn't say it goes over my head, but it like it, like, I don't think about it. It's like, I'm just, I was just like nonchalantly just talking with Derek Henry. Uh, and I'm just messaging back and forth. And like a lot of other people that they would, they would say like, dude, it's like, that's hella cool. It's like, you're not like super excited about that. I was like, Oh, I mean, it's like, he's just a normal guy. <laughs> we all are. <laughs> Exactly. It's like, just a normal like, guy trying to make a purchase. <laughs> and that also led me to like, probably like get five more people who wanted prints of it. So, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, and if anyone hasn't already, they can follow you. I'm going to let you plug both your Twitter and Instagram, just because it's a great follow to see all of your pictures. It's awesome. Yeah. So uh, Twitter is Martz Gallery. And then my Instagram is uh, James. I am Jmart five. I like the J the Jmart's gallery because it kind of flows into like art gallery from the Mart part. So it's like a nice little combo of words there. Yeah, someone, one of my followers, they they said that to me. Like they just sent it to me. Um, said, hey, I forgot how they said it, but like they they had the name Jmart's gallery. I was like, yo, I'm gonna steal that because like thank you. Yeah, it's, that's a great name. And uh, speaking of those drawings, I mean, you also sent us a, a picture of the TV of what was it? The LA Dodgers, like sports network or something. We're showcasing your drawings on TV. Yeah. <laughs> like how nuts is that? It's awesome. Like, cause they, they were asking like um, submissions, um, you know, to have it featured. Uh, they didn't choose me the first time. So I was bummed out a bit um but then the second time they were asking for more i was like okay let me do it again like hopefully they picked me this time and then they they did and so and it was pretty cool uh they, they gave me credit they put my instagram name on uh i think i got like probably 20 more followers from that like from that same night uh and then a few people who uh, were asking for prints of the drawings so help me out a bit yeah i mean that's just I can't even imagine. I mean, you've this has been kind of your season of all of the different 15 minutes of fame moments for you. Like even leading up to last night when you got in a Twitter fight with uh, Benjamin Albright. So who is he's a reporter for like, is he for a specific team or can you give us some insight on what happened there? I think he's with the Broncos. Um, and I was just going through my bookmarks because um at first, yesterday, whenever Washington lost, I thought Dallas clinched the NFC East. Um, so I was just going through, you know, my my bookmarks and just like uh, one of the common things that a lot of my friends online and and what I do, we like to update people. Like we'll we'll, we'll just quote a tweet and we'll say update, you know, and like just saying, "Yo, you know, you were wrong." He's like, "Let me make fun of you." That's, so that's basically what I was doing, but you know, it's, it's not supposed to be serious. You know, we, we all have fun with it, but after I did it to him, all of a sudden, like I see him reply to me and he was saying, um, whenever you donate $100 to charity after every, um, mistake, uh, that you make, uh, then you can criticize. And I was all like, what, you know, I was like, bro. <laughs> like, and, he just went like to zero to a hundred real quick there. Like he went completely full blast at you. Like he was tilted. Yeah. And, and like, I, I, 
I, I quoted that, you know, and I, and I was still just trolling. I wasn't being serious. You know, I was all like, no one cares. And then he, you know, he was just going off just saying, bro, you're a nobody. Uh, uh, you're not a good person because you're acting like this on, on Twitter. And I was like, dude, like, bro, it's Twitter. It's like, calm down. But he, he just kept going off. And I was like, dude. Yeah, I, uh, I was trying to pull it up here just because for everyone that didn't see the tweets, you literally didn't say anything that was too mean. Like you said, you quote tweeted him with update and he go, he says, when you put $100 to charity for each thing you get wrong, then you can criticize till then. And you respond. I don't know. There's so many responses on this already. <laughs> like yeah, He's just, he's so clearly mad. I, and you, I mean, it, there's so many responses from him and really like nothing from you. Like you literally didn't do anything. Oh, you told him like good people donating. It's literally not that serious. Like, you know, you're just trying to diffuse the situation. And the guy goes, yeah, whatever. You're just being a jerk for clout. <laughs> like he actually yeah. accused yeah. you of that. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Like I, and I was thinking, I was like, dude, I can get my own clout by myself. But like, I, w- I was just doing this stuff. Like I was just quoting you so that my, my followers can see it. It's like, I wouldn't, yeah. I didn't want to do clout. It's like, yeah, yeah, buddy. Everyone's going to go and flame you, Benjamin Albright, superstar to try and get famous. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a bunch of my friends, like we're in a group chat and I showed them, I was like, dude, what's wrong with this guy? And you know, they, they just came to my defense, you know, just trolling as well. And he was he was trying to go off on them, too. But honestly, I'm surprised he didn't block me because he blocked my friends. Um, uh, but that, that was one of the highlights. He blocked, like, all of your friends and just left you alone, even though you were the guy that essentially instigated it, even though you really didn't even do anything. Yeah, it's like, and I, and I told him, too, I was like, dude, I, I get grilled on here worse like people say worse stuff to me and i know they're not serious yeah i that just is the telltale sign of you need to take a break from twitter if you're getting that mad about like nothing i i wanted to tell him that but i knew he was just going to continue going off so i was like you know what i'm just going to stop because like he just needs to put his phone away yeah seriously that was it was just a bleak sight to see but uh, going back a little bit here, because I wanted to switch back to the, our league and I wanted to um, take a look at the four teams we have left here and get your thoughts on who you think is going to not only make it to the championship game, but ultimately win the championship game. And uh, we can start with with my matchup where I'm taking on Adam Jeffrey, who has been the number one seed pretty much all year with like a one week break where no sleep snuck in and then promptly ousted out. Um, Want to know your thoughts on that matchup. And then you can go on to phone versus no sleep. Right, let's see. So I'm looking at your matchup here. I'll start with uh, Adam Jeffrey. So he's got a lot of players that I'm not really high on. Like he has Barkley, Gordon, uh, it looks like he's being hit with the, the COVID Kelsey uh, case here. Edmonds and Michael Carter, too. Like, when I'm looking at both of the rosters, at least for this week, because you you have Cook, you have Adams, Keenan Allen's back, uh, Gibson, Cordero Patterson. To be honest, I'm really, I'm really liking your team uh, to go in advance. Um, you know, no uh, – no offense to Adam Jeffrey and his incredible run. Um, I feel like it might take an, it might end 
this week uh, just because I feel that one, I feel Prescott's going to finally get back to where he was. And I just feel that Cook, um, Adams, Allen, you know, Gibson, Patterson will probably be too much for him to handle in this next week. Well, I got to say, I hope you're right. It just, I automatically assume the worst when I see first off the projections, when it goes, oh, look, yeah. you should win. You have an 80% chance of winning. That's an automatic red flag to me because that almost never happens yeah. to me in Sleeper, in Yahoo, in any platform. And then to get an outside perspective saying, oh, yeah, I think you'll take it. That's red flag number two, because that usually is <laughs> never the case, which is why I was happy last week when Koi said he was thinking you would take our matchup. And I was like, that's actually a good sign for me, because if you said the opposite, I probably would have lost. So um, you could get your revenge here by predicting me to win and I will ultimately lose because of it. Yeah, you're probably on to me now. I'm just trying to jinx you, you know. <laughs> Yeah, there's like a bunch of reverse jinxes mixed in there. But I do think the key here is going to be Kelsey. And if Kelsey's able to play, it's a it's a double-edged sword for me. Because like I said earlier, I've got Kelsey in multiple leagues and I need him for my matchup. But at the same time, I really don't want Adam Jeffrey playing Kelsey against me. I could use any sort of help I can get. And he's playing Pittsburgh too. I'm, I'm not even sure how they play against tight ends, but I know they have a pretty decent defense. Um, and if Mahomes, like, I know they've been slumping, but then they got kind of back on track recently. But uh, there's always the case of, you know, the, the kind of not so good Chiefs offense of 2021 could show up. So, yeah. And who knows with uh, their practices are going to be all wonky this week because, I mean, they, they've got COVID spreading around everywhere there. And, Hopefully Pat Mahomes doesn't get it. Like, I don't want that to happen because that hurts me even more <laughs> across all my matches. But um, that's going to be the biggest question mark is just anything with the Chiefs. He has Harrison Butker too. So obviously you can replace a kicker more easily than you can replace Kelsey. But um, that, I think that's going to be the main thing I'm looking out for. And also just all my questionable guys, uh, making sure they can play. I'm mostly concerned about... Mm -hmm. Antonio Gibson, who got hurt again, um, still managed to come back in the game. But I just feel like that can flare up at any time with that guy. Yeah, I didn't even know that he got injured. Like, I, I barely watched the game yesterday because, uh, one, I was at work, and then right after I went to work out, I didn't even know that he got injured yesterday. I, I see on here he's saying he didn't practice today, too. Yeah, I think it was a toe injury. I, he's been banged up all year but so he's kind of a mystery of will it be a good week will it be a bad week he's had some more good than bad recently but he can dud out any week which is why i was telling you you still had a chance depending on how many field goals that the rams kicked i was like it's totally a chance that antonio gibson only got like two points but he got a touchdown pretty early so i didn't have to worry about it too much well, he, he does play Dallas, so of course I'm going to be a little bit biased. And the Cowboys' defense, they might be able to stop him again after they did it two weeks ago. Oh, that's right, because the, the, they've got that weird schedule. They do Dallas-Philly, Dallas-Philly, and then yeah. Giants. <laughs> and just five of your six divisional games here in the last five weeks of the season. It's like, who made that schedule? But um, that is concerning, and it's at Dallas too. So it was the home game where you guys shut them down, only got three points. 
It doesn't give me high hopes for him this week. Okay, but let's move on to the other. So then we got Phonet versus No Sleep Tonight. What do you think here? All right, let me take a look here. I see, I see Phonet's being hit with some COVID uh, question marks here. I see both of them are about the same in regards to like questionable players that are playing. I see Phonet is starting Antonio Brown. What's what's up with him? Is he going to be playing again or is Signs are kind of pointing towards it. I think his suspension is over now. I mean, I saw an update today that Bruce Arians was saying that he looks um, about as good as he did before he hurt his ankle. And they um, they kind of do need him. Obviously, Godwin's out, Fournette's out. Um, don't know if Mike Evans will be playing or not. He could be. But um, assuming Antonio Brown is a go, I, I don't think he's that bad of a play true because Godwin got hurt so Brown would probably be you play here I'm looking no sleeves team I'm gonna have to go with Fonette on this because like I'm liking a lot of players of course he has Jonathan Taylor we all know how he's doing this year uh, he also has Najee Harris uh, he's been lighting it up too recently even without their old line that or even with their O-line that they don't even have. Oh, I do see he only he only scored three points last week. So that could be a toss-up. But um, I still feel like Fonette has the upper hand on this. I'm just seeing a lot of players that, um, like including Kittle, uh, you know, Pat Mahomes. You know, I feel like I, I feel like Fonette would probably be able to advance on into the championship round, uh, though no sleep could probably put up a good fight, maybe even upset him. Yeah, there's definitely a path here that I can see for both sides. I mean, right now, Sleeper's got it projected that uh, Fonette has a 90% possibility of winning, but I do think it's closer than that. I think the big hurdles for No Sleep are going to be Jonathan Taylor. They're going to be Najee Harris. They're going to be George Kittle. Those ones are all, like, for sure playing. If Tyreek Hill does end up missing – that's going to help no sleep a huge amount. And a lot of these other guys behind those studs that phone starting could goose him essentially. I mean, with Brandon, Ayuk, he's got a good matchup, but I mean, we've seen it from Ayuk all year. You really don't know if he's going to show up or not. And uh, he's already kind of competing with Kittle for those points. And Robbie Anderson has been Robbie Anderson and Rashard Penny. He's, he just had a bad game. So any of those guys could kind of swing things towards no sleep's favor, as well as some of no sleep's questionable guys. Like is Deandre Swift going to be back? Cause if Deandre Swift is back, that's a huge bonus. He's got Atlanta and uh, he slots in then at the RB two for no sleep, who he currently has Daryl Williams in his lineup as, which that's just but, such a huge yeah. improvement. I also see no sleep has Waller. He might be coming back. Which would be another huge thing. And Andy's got Justin Jackson, which if Eckler sits out, Justin Jackson's a great play against Houston, I think. Very true. So there's a lot of question marks here. I do feel like most of it, like since there's so many question marks on no sleep side, I would lean towards Phonet. He seems to have the more clear path, but I, I think it's way closer than it looks. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. 
Okay, so then going off of your predictions, if you think I win and you think Phonet wins, that puts the two of us in the championship. And from our two teams, who would you pick to win it all? I would pick Phonet. I like think it's as finally as time. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. A few weeks back, uh, I mentioned he was my best friend, so uh, I got to stick with that. <laughs> I think he uh, he won over all of you West Coasters, you Fisher and Aaron T for Diego. <laughs> you guys are all his um, self-proclaimed best friends. Yes. All right. Well, I, uh, I'm sure he's happy to hear that. And I'm hoping that that will jinx him the same way you jinxed me for the semifinal match, which if that is true, I think that would ultimately lead to an Adam Jeffrey championship. Oh, yeah. It's very true. Adam Jeffrey, he might uh he might have a, a dark horse uh championship coming up because of all of the jinxing. Maybe he'll uh he'll take on the role of dark horse after now you were the dark horse all season long. You were the dark horse, and it was actually a pretty tragic week 15 because we lost our dark horse in you and we lost our Cinderella story in JDGG. And um uh-huh. Fisher was so kind to remind us that had he actually been good enough to be the sixth seed, he would have scored more than no sleep and he would be moving on to the semifinals. But of course, as we all know, he was not good enough to make the playoffs this year. I did notice had I not played you, I would have beaten everyone else. We had a good game. Like just since I, across all the leagues I'm in, I mean, the scores were brutal this week. It's actually impressive that we were both able to put up respectable scores. Uh, it's a shame that we had to face off against each other so that one of us had to lose. Yes, this will forever be the, uh, the what if I started Hunter Henry. I know in our, uh, our um, the, the trade school league, my, uh, my regret was Rashad Perriman back in 2019. Uh, it's this Rashad Perriman all over again. Yep this this year it's uh, Hunter Henry. Just watch. I'm probably going to score more than everyone else in the, like the next few weeks. Well, <laughs> yeah. Take a, a note out of Fisher's book here and just start tracking your score as if you were in playoffs and see how you would have fared. So let's let's move on then to our our final segment here. Um, as our listeners know, we have been. Uh, each week drafting a player for our Greek mythology fantasy loners league team. Our first five picks have been Athena at quarterback Hermes at running back Heracles as our tight end and Hades at defensive back. And then last week, Coy's drafted Aries as a defensive lineman. So now we are at pick number six and J Mart, you have the honor of being on the clock on the clock and picking our next player. Do you have one prepared? I would go ahead with Poseidon, so he's going to be my pick. There you go. Glad we finally got a Poseidon pick, but uh, what position is he going to play, and how is he going to succeed? I think the best uh, area for Poseidon would probably be linebacker. Um, And the reason, my reasoning for it is because he is the god of water, and since water pretty much engulfs anything uh, like any holes that um, you would pour it into, I feel that would be the best fit for him since a lot of linebackers, you know, they cover the holes 
um, through the lines uh, to go ahead and stop the opposing offense, whether it be running back or their quarterbacks. So I think Poseidon, that linebacker, would probably be the best there. I love it, man. We're building up a defense here. We've got three defensive picks in a row. We've got uh, Aries on the defensive line with Poseidon right behind him as our linebacker and Hades in the backfield as a defensive back. So I wouldn't want to be throwing their way or running their way, to be honest. But that's going to close everything that I had to cover. Before we go, since you are now officially eliminated from contention, would you have any parting words you'd like to share with the rest of the league? Yes. Next year, I will be back. This time, I win more head-to-head matchups. And then you'll be the number one seed at that point, since you got all the median wins. Yes, exactly. I, I benefited greatly from the median. I think I was probably like five and nine on head-to-head matchups. But since my, since my team would just like score an absurd amount of points almost every week, the median really helped me. Yeah, I was for the longest time on the fence about the median, but seeing the data of how it worked out for your team, I am officially definitely in favor of the median because it would have been a shame if, if your team didn't make playoffs, that would have been some terrible luck and would not have felt good at all. Yeah. And it's like, I was the most scored upon this entire year. So like I, 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 I mentioned in the chat is like, Hey, if you want your team to have a great week, just play me. That's like the only time my team would meet projections is when I got to face you. So I'm going to miss having that. I wish I could face you every week of the playoffs. I know I, I wouldn't like that though. I would want to win. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it was a pleasure having you on. Thanks again for being able to make time. And especially since, you know, holidays this whole week. So I hope that you have a great Merry Christmas or happy holiday. Anything that anyone out there celebrates uh, to our whole league, happy holidays. And um, hopefully they have time to, to listen to us just talk about nothing. Yeah, man. Thank you. Uh, appreciate you for inviting me on. It's always a pleasure. I hope you have a great Christmas as well. And to anyone else who celebrates it as well in our uh, league, uh, happy holidays and Merry Christmas. Because I've had everything, but no one's listening. And that's just fucking lonely. I'm so